0: Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hey guys, this is Liz Canvey. This is Nikki Collins. What up, guys? This is Evan Stark. Hey, this is Marlene Stafford. Hey, this is in Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation.
1: WNBA Nation. Hello again. Welcome to another episode of the show. We are in the throes of free agency, and if you're following on Twitter, it may not. Feel like it. It hasn't quite gotten spicy yet, but, you know, just like any episode of Hot Ones, we're in the softball sauces. It's going to heat up pretty quickly. I'm Steve Schwartzman here uh, with our resident Oregonian, which double congratulations as we record this because both Oregon teams won tonight. Logan Jones, how's it going?
0: Uh, Steve, a, a source confirms that, that I've been meeting with a variety of sports podcasts, but uh, it looks like I'm going to be coming back to WNBA Nation. Uh, oh, good. Good to have you back. That's the yeah. sort of free agency we're having. Is just a lot of sources <laughs> confirming and not a lot of. <laughs> we <laughs> we should, we should, we should spread
1: our own bogus podcast free agency rumors <laughs> of like, I've got a source telling me like, uh, you know, WNBA nation producer, Jason snow is currently in talks with W, you know, with Windsider. Uh, to potentially take on the same position over there, Look, I,
0: I love Winsider, but they can't have Jason. <laughs> we, we need Jason. <laughs>
1: like, I know Kyle's getting courted by spinsters, and you know I'm not sure how that's going to work, but you know we'll try it out. Um, you know I've already demanded a trade.
0: You know this is why <laughs> this is why other I demanded- have like wild. Just like like uh, in the NFL every year, some ESPN analyst is like, you know, I think Russell Wilson wants to be a Indianapolis Colt. And he doesn't, but like the NFL isn't allowed to have a boring offseason. So they just make crap up. And I, I started, yeah. I'm i starting to get it. I'm starting to get why the speculation happens. Cause, yeah, you know, it's, it's talking into existence. Like, like, look, we, we know <laughs> VanderSloot's meeting with some teams. What do you think? But like, we're just waiting. We're waiting to release an episode an hour after breaking news. Cause it happens every year and it'll probably be this one. So
1: <laughs> it'll probably all lead to nothing. You know, a lot of the conjecture and talk that's already come up online, but I, I'm so happy that we're all just diving into it. The VanderSloot one's a good example. Cause I think there was the piece that came out that said like VanderSloot is not a for sure thing in Chicago. I know she's talking to these teams and that probably, I mean, who knows? I may be eating my words, but that probably is like, less of a story than we want it to be, but it's because it's free agency, it's just fun to talk about that story like, I love that it didn't take more than a couple minutes for all of the VanderSloot Storm Jersey photoshops to come up like that's, (laughs) Twitter was solely made for Jersey photoshops, that's like exactly all that Twitter should exist for like, get all boomers off of there, all of the (laughs) MAGA stuff off of there Any, you know, I, you know, if you like K-pop, I guess follow some K-pop, but like we, it's for me, at least sports Twitter is solely made to take a player you like and Photoshop them in your Jersey. Like that's your right as a member of that website. And I'm glad that we're diving into it in WNBA fashion. It's, it's another reason, honestly, why the Jersey reveal last April was so important because now we can do that. And it means you don't just have to like. Like color bucket change things. Microsoft you actually Paint. have to put a jersey on them.
0: Yeah. 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 So Speaking of, uh, speaking of Twitter, if you're not on the Twitter and you want the latest updates, news, yes, yes. and notes from the WNBA, you should follow us at WNBA Nation Pod, um, as well as all of our individual Twitters. We'll have plenty of coverage stuff, uh, there for you, as well as just a lot of interaction with the show. Um, that's really our, you know, other than the actual podcast, that's kind of the foundation of our communication with you listeners. So, uh, go be a part of the nation over there. Um, that's where you get gems like Bria Hartley tweeting out yesterday, WNBA free agency. We're waiting. <laughs> so you and can, we've been you can find all the good follows. We got all the good follows.
1: Yes, absolutely. It's one of those scenarios. Oh, check it out. UNESCO kicking it at the Staples center right now. Sorry. I just saw on Twitter that she's watching the game over at Staples. Sorry. The crypto.com arena. Uh, yes, oh, That's good fun. So lots of, no, I I think it's been fun and interesting conjecture and I'm excited to see, you know, where else we take that. But as Logan said, uh, you know, follow along on Twitter. And of course you could stay connected with us over at WNBA nation pod. Same over Facebook. Uh, If you want some live spice, check us on over at the Twitch. We record these episodes on our live stream. Uh, You'll also get some fun content before and after the recordings take place. We have some really cool discussions and it's just a great community to be a part of. So we hope you're, part of that goodness, our store and me page. We've always got some good merch running. I think we're looking at some new designs to come up before too long as things run and yeah, stay connected to the show. Logan, here's the thing. So last week you and I did a stream and a recording and our wonderful Twitch live stream chat community uh, hit us up with some great Q and a questions. And I just kind of want to do that again. That was just fun. It was fun. It was just good. It was kind of like, I'm not a board game guy. So I'm always that guy who like, because he needs to hang out with friends, will like go to board game nights and just kind of like kicks around and just tries not to be too bored. Uh, Pun intended. But then like once every several months, there's actually a game that we play that I love. And then the next week we have board game night. I'm like, can we just do that one again? Like, I don't want to play like the 900 version of Munchkin. Can we just play that one game that I did like? And that's kind of how I feel right now. I think, some good old fashioned Q and A, and maybe, maybe you're very into it because, you know, behind the scenes stuff. You can see the chat right, chat right now, and I can't. So this is almost like a, a fancy reveal. I'm like secret. This is my Pepsi challenge Q and A style.
0: Well, and it's it's fun for me because I get to throw things to you first, and then I get time to think about it while you answer. So I don't yeah, it's mind. Nice to that have set some, at all. some um, power in the scenario. If uh by the way, if you do want your questions answered and to interact with us on Twitch, I don't know if we mentioned before, but twitch.tv slash WNBA Nation. Every time we record an episode, you'll find us streaming on there. Um we'll usually send what out a tweet we letting you know you. that we're there. Um so thank you for those of you who are joining us tonight on Monday night. So I know the Monday night football game was not super great, so hopefully we can fill your sports void instead.
1: Absolutely. All right, well, let's uh, kick this in. I'm excited you, to, to dive to some, into more, it. some more. Some more cues. Let's a some cues. Unless you you had some other business. No, no, no. This is open no, forum. You're at the podium. Let's go. The floor is yours. You let's you do this. Let's
0: start with the big, like the meat in the center of the sandwich. I uh, like it. Is smuddy. that the name of our
1: every <laughs> every show has the like big question segment? Is that the name of ours? Like it's time for the meat in the middle <laughs> of the sandwich.
0: Yes. And I need Jason to, to for some reason I, I want to hear that in Jason's voice. Because I feel like he'll do it like if anyone can make <laughs> it work, it's him. That dude. We'll knows see what happens. Alright. Smoney2324 Please. asks. salute for Lloyd question mark. Break Ooh, it down whoa. for us, Steve. Boy,
1: have I not already talked about this much. Breaking it down stuff because I don't have like uh salary cap-ish stuff in front of me. But I'll speak on just the circumstantial evidence type of discussion here, which is this is the off season move with by far the most storylines attached to it. So it like the, the the discussion flow of the league really shifts a lot. So that makes it fun. A lot of this really comes down to a lot of things. Cause I think we saw a report dive in. I remember seeing it on Twitter saying, I think I already mentioned it, but like salute to you know, in staying in Chicago is not like a for sure done deal. Apparently according to sources, uh, Mr. Source is very busy. We're Mrs. Sources depending. And, uh, so like that's apparently not a for sure thing. And that's she been talking to teams. Seattle has been apparently a part of this equation. People are bringing that up Hard to tell if that's a for sure, for sure thing, or if it's just her ties to the Pacific Northwest being a Gonzaga grad and whatnot. Of course, uh, you can't be a Jewel fan for more than a few minutes and not know that uh, she has Chicago in her blood. And so the idea of being with the sky has always kind of been like a natural connection to her. So it's that idea of two guards potentially foreseeably on the move who play kind of in each other's either hometown or at least a locale that's very personal to them. So the move almost works too well if you don't look at the finances of it to the point of like, you know, my question is, is this like, these are two players on teams that value them really highly, who have seen a lot of success. They're the last two teams to win championships. So there needs to be a pretty well understood reason why both of these players who are pivotal pieces to successful teams suddenly want to leave and does one going from Seattle to Chicago and the other going from Chicago to Seattle suddenly fulfill that for them? That's my question. And I don't know if that's the case, but I wonder if you disagree.
0: Uh, to me, this move feels like Chicago being a little greedy, um, because in this scenario, you, you end up with Jewel Lloyd on a Kalia copper led team with Candace Parker still around for another little bit maybe Allie Quigley, maybe DeShields. And being able to to put out Copper and Jewel Lloyd in the same lineup just feels like, yeah, this is sort of a, a Chicago dream scenario, right? Like you don't want to say goodbye to Sloot, but you know she probably only has a few seasons left. She's past her prime. It's too expensive. Copper is the future. Um So being able to retain her and make a big free agency pickup like Jewel Lloyd would be a huge win for them, even though it comes at the cost of someone like VanderSloot. For, mm-hmm. for Seattle, it doesn't make a ton of sense aside from if, if, if that's what Jewel Lloyd wants. <laughs> it really comes yeah. down to like what her temperament is. And, and I don't know necessarily if she would want to leave to just go be kind of the one B somewhere else. Like obviously Chicago would be a great place to try to win more championships. It's her home. Like she's going to look freaking awesome in the shattered glass jersey. Like I would buy it mm-hmm. immediately as soon as it was yeah. available on Nike in like 2025. Um, yeah, but, but all of all of that, like, sorry, I, I shouldn't include as many as jokes in that as I did. But but like legitimately, I, I think Chicago would do it. And I think Seattle could do it. But it comes down to whether Lloyd wants to be a storm lifer and can kind of carry the torch after Sue Bird finally does retire, if that ever happens. Um not yeah. saying that it needs to, but eventually she will. And um it, does she want to be kind of the next the next woman up there or does she want to go? To the hometown, um, and does she want
1: to uh, make yeah. Because I think it's, it, it, I think it's natural to believe that a motivator for Lloyd is to prove that she can be the A one star of a team, like be the focal point of a team and be successful. I'm not going to put words in Lloyd's mouth, obviously, but I think you can piece that together by what you look at. That's an easy, like, observation you could make, and it comes down to that idea of. Seattle and Chicago are in very interesting places because they both have players who are in the twilight of their careers. We don't know how much Candace Parker we're going to see before she calls it a career. It could be a good chunk of time. You know, I don't think that there's any timeline set for that. While everything would tell you this is Subert's last season. I don't believe the official, like this is my last year. I will retire at the end of the year, but I mean, like, the one more year hashtag has been something she's pushed around, so you can kind of assume that that's the case. Does that help both these players? In one sense, of like, if you can pick one player out of the ether and say you can't replace Sue Bird, but if there's anyone close, it's Courtney Vandersloot. Like, it's like honestly, they've been the two best point guards in the league the last several years, so it makes like that's kind of a natural fit. And in Jim's sense, it's kind of that idea of like, can I be there for a few years? And then Candace retires. And then I'm the hometown Chicago kid who's now the focal point. But you look at that and you go, when it comes to being a one, it's just that's that easily can be copper. Like, so it's like, that, that's a harder, you know, I, from your take, I see how it works for the team for Chicago. I don't know if it's fulfilling what's motivating meeting jewel. And I don't think sh- Seattle is going to push that hard to try to make a trade for Julie to work, honestly, unless she really makes it known that she's ready to move. I think they're very comfortable saying like, that's an all world player who will fit whatever scheme we have. There's no sense in just putting her on the move unless there's a player that they're dying to get their hands on. And if that's Vandersloot, maybe it's so it's a hard take there, but I will say if you were to make one move that has some potential to happen, that creates the most storylines, the most discussions and really kind of flips the face of the league the most and makes things really interesting heading into the season. This is probably the one uh, that aside from maybe like if Cam Beige just flips a table and goes to the fever, <laughs> like she's like, F it. like, like I'm going to Indiana and I'm going to just, I'm going to squirt some earth. Like, I, would, I don't know.
0: I, like, I would really worry about this. If that's the decision that she I made. would,
1: I, yeah, but isn't that like, like you need that reality show, like it? It would be almost to like a what's the? I can't think of the name of the show, but I I just think it would be an interesting, you know, you would you would want all the all the video access you could possibly get of just life in Indiana for for Liz Cambage, but I just. I'm not. By the way, I'm not speculating that that even would re- randomly close to happen. I just think there's some moves that are going to be interesting in terms of the storylines they create, and I think Sloop for Lloyd could do that. It's hard to tell. That's a move that has to be almost contingent on the players themselves trying to manifest it, and I'm not
0: sure if that's what's motivating them. So, yeah, but we'll see. It kind of, I could totally kind of be wrong saying, but that move for both Seattle and Chicago would also have cascading effects on the rest of the books. Uh, money wise yeah. in order to make that work a lot of other good players would have to become available you'd and have you to might,
1: facelift both teams quite a bit i think
0: yeah you you might see players you didn't think were going to be in free agency suddenly talking to other teams and really shaking up the league so for for the sake of our show that's really fun i i, I don't know if i see it happening but obviously we'll keep tabs on that because i do think it's totally on on the list, right? Like we, we do have sources confirming that Seattle are one of the teams inquiring about Vandersloot's availability. That doesn't mean a lot. That just means they made the phone call. Everybody should have made the phone call. I hope Indiana. Made
1: oh man. But, who was it? Uh, I, I need, I should have like bookmarked a lot of these tweets, but I forget whose who, whose point it was right when free agency kicked off that says like, like Bree Stewart is technically an un- unrestricted free. Like she's listed, right? Right. Like, so if you are one of the front office members of one of these 12 teams, do, don't you like have to make the call? Like you're like everyone's yeah. at least you kind of have to like, even if in a million years, like at least send out like the auto email on outreach. Yeah, it's almost like it's
0: almost a laughable question that you you show up to your office Monday morning at eight. You place the call at 801 Seattle doesn't answer. And then you go about your day like. But you at least do your due diligence. Yeah. I mean, even how, yeah, literally, <laughs> it's like, this
1: is how I kick the day off. Like, I get my coffee, <laughs> I make a call to Seattle's front office and say, I'm here to talk Stewie. And we'll just do that every day until it's official that she signs somewhere and we'll just see what happens. And like, yeah, maybe we no, answer. Or you just you create an email. You do the classic like sales email sequence on outreach. And, you know, if they answer, they answer. But if not, whatever, you know, like, and that's the move. And then. Or whatever. Or, like, over to her agent or something like that. So, yeah. So, it's one of those, like, yeah. Like, be you would kind of be because, oh, well, that's not necessarily, like, in our plans. I want to tell you the the one thing that would make me throw all my plans into a pit is suddenly, randomly finding out just, like, yeah, actually, you know, it's funny that you bring this up. Like, yes, like, Stewie actually mentioned, like, earlier today, like, she would totally go to trying to think of a bad, I, I keep wanting to say Indiana, but I don't want to be mean, but like she'd totally go to the dream. She totally yeah, she yeah. totally go to the wings. <laughs> she actually said that like that if she let, had to leave Seattle, it's like number one team on her list.
0: And they just never called because they were like, well, he's just,
1: you know, it's not going to happen. Like,
0: yeah. Don't, don't let that be you. If you're a GM, don't let that be you. Uh, let's stay on. We got another couple questions in the chat. Let's stay on Liz Cambage for a second. Um, yeah, yeah. Cambage, of course uh, she's played five seasons in the league. It's, basically been in and out. Um, most recently she's been in Vegas, both the 2019 and the 2021 season. She's averaging 16 and 14 points a game in those seasons. She's a big, she basically starts every game that she plays, uh, especially this past year. The, the aces were, uh, the aces handled their 2020 season extremely well without her present, but they were a better team with her on the floor last year. Uh, it was pretty obvious. They went 19 and six in games that she played, um, she was like a regular plus six or seven on the floor. Like she was a reason why they won. She's a big motor behind one of the best teams in the WNBA. And yet the question remains, does she even suit up this year? Much less return to Las Vegas. So obviously this is one that there's no real wrong answer because there's no real right answer because nobody knows the mind of Luz Cambage. But in your mind, Steve, do you see her coming back to Vegas and trying to run it back with a, a group that's, got their sights set on a championship. Do you see you're going somewhere else or do you see you're going nowhere at all?
1: If Becky Hammond calls in to Liz Gambage and sits her down and says you, like we are getting our, ourselves ready and primed to finally make a run. Like we're finally going to bring this hardware home. We're going to make this push and you are a key part of it. Like you are such an important part of it. And we love you and value you value. like I think like for it to be effective, that has to be like a very clear side of it. Because I think one thing that could easily play in the mind of someone like Eliz Cambage is honestly watching that 2020 team, I was nowhere to be seen and they made it to the finals. And and for some players that can be something that's almost hard to shake to be like like I want to feel wanted and like you explained to them, like it's clear that they play better with her on the floor, but it's gotta be frustrating that you, you come back, you know, you play in, in 25 games, you win a majority of those games and you still like, you get upset and you don't make it to the finals. Like it seemed like obviously you would. And, and it's that frustration of like, is it me? Is it not? I'm intrigued to see what her potential relationship with Becky would be. Because I don't know necessarily what her relationship with Bill Beer was, but it being the personality of Bill Ambir and it being the personality of Liz Cambage, I wouldn't be shocked if there were some bumps in that road. And I'm not saying that controversially, but those seem like two people that, you know, that could be a rocky relationship or at the very least just comes with its level of pyrotechnics. And that may still mean they'd have a good relationship, but it's that idea of like the, the the type of leader that Becky Hammond is. Does that change that flow? Does that change a little bit of that stress level for her? Because there is a lot that Liz Cambage is working through personally. And, and I, I do not mean to say that as like some sort of detriment to her performance because she's allowed to go and to, to address that and work at that. Like I absolutely would hope she was, but it's to say you have to, as a leader, as a coach, like quickly find out what can I do to support this person and help them, knowing that like my paycheck is contingent on her being the best basketball player possible. But I still need to make sure that Liz Kimmage, the person, has what she needs. I think a really honest good example, and it's funny because these two players are just going to get compared forever in a day. Brittany Greiner herself has said that she feels... Like her addressing her mental stability and in see, in seeing a therapist and going about those efforts helped her be a better basketball player. And you can see what the output was from her last season. And, you know, I know Liz has been very outspoken about her mental health, which is, you know, very strong of her to do. And it, it gives you that insight of if she's in a place that embraces and lets her support that and, and help that, do we see that consistency of a player who not only can put the product out on the floor because she can, for goodness sake, she's explosive whenever she's on the floor, but do so with the balance and confidence of someone who can play frequently. And it comes down to that question of like, and I'll kind of pose this to you. I don't know if this is a a weird double question, but like, is the year off for Liz, like a strategic thing that maybe she should do like for her own sake, or is it, you know, we just need to figure out how we can help weather that storm because it's that, yeah, I, I agree with you of that tough case of Liz could legit. There's so many directions she could go. I don't think it's possible, honestly, to predict where she's going to play. And I don't even know if Vegas is the most possible thing on that list because I just don't know if anything feels probable. Like it could just be a w, like an NBL thing and <laughs> she's not in the league anymore. I don't know. And so I think a lot of it comes down to, the best leverage that Vegas could give her right now is to make it very clear that with this big change in leadership, like she is still very much a part of their direction and their trajectory. Like that's not going to be forgotten anytime soon, but I don't know. This is the longest way I've ever said. (laughs) I don't know before, but I don't know. It's there's so many questions because the thing with thing with Liz, I think there's a lot that you have to balance in working with that, that level of an individual, but for a lot of people who question people who have certain quirks and personalities and saying, is it worth it when you watch her on the court? And when you watch how fluid, especially that offense is in Vegas with her on the court, it is worth it. If you can figure out how to do it, right? <laughs> because it's, it's that classic line. We always quote from miracle of just like, well, people have said her game's kind of enough since this, that, or this that, or the other. It's just like, well, have they seen her game when it's on? <laughs> like it's, it's, when if you can find a way to help support her so that she can focus on basketball when she's on a basketball court you make that effort like yeah she makes any team better under any circumstance
0: yeah that's absolutely where i'm at i this one's hard for me to answer both because we don't know where her head is at and because she's such a unique player because she's such a unique person she's got so much presence and personality. I, I truly don't think that she needs the WNBA in order to be a star. Like she's she's got her DJ thing and she's connected to enough people that she can do whatever she wants. And frankly, Vegas has proven they don't necessarily need Liz Cambage to be a successful basketball team. So neither of these parts need each other. But I, I think this is a classic case of they are more when they are together. And I I maybe this is just wishful thinking, but... I I think they can both benefit so greatly from being with one another. I think another year in the WNBA for Beige would do wonders for just her her status among players, maybe, whether that's statistically or just another year in the All Star Game or anything like that, where she gets more exposure. I think is good for her, and she gets to prove that. I mean, we just had a kind of a renaissance year for Brittany Griner, and the year of the big kind of. I mean, we didn't talk about it a ton, but it, it was a major factor in, in last season. And she could be that for an Aces team that sort of hasn't been able to find the answers the last couple of postseasons. And boy, if she could come on and give a Griner-esque performance in the postseason and lead them to a championship, suddenly it's not just the Asia Wilson show down there. It's, Hey, this is, this is another classic, you know, pairing. It's the Asia Wilson and the Liz Bay show. And, it's, and hard I think to- it's good for yeah. it's good for Vegas. You have more talent on the floor if if Vegas gets to keep her and yeah yeah, I, obviously if you like anything you can do in order to to retain her and get her to play this year within the bounds of her mental health and what she wants to do, I think you should
1: do. Yeah. It's it's impossible to explain fully how knowing how picking her up change the trajectory for the aces right away and seeing how successful she is on the court how much better the aces are when she's on the court how much Liz Cambage almost doesn't feel like she's a part of that team it's hard to explain but it's almost like when she's there it almost feels like one of those like it's a feature or a <laughs> you know it, you know it's like one of those like spectacle type things like you get like but for some reason when you think of like the core pieces in Vegas She's almost, it's almost, this is the dumbest comparison, but I'm doing it. It's like you've got a core of the Power Rangers, and then there's the green slash white ranger, and then that's <laughs> that's Liz. And it's yeah. like, yeah, she's there, um, and she's a part of that crew, and, sh- and we're fighting the same fight, and we're all a team, but she's got her own Zord, and she has her own morphing sequence, and she, like, has her own talent level, and... Like it's and I'm not even that's not Liz is doing it. I'm just saying from like an outside looking in perspective, it almost like for some there's something about the situation that like feels like I don't like in Like when I think of that core squad, she's there, but she's not there there. I don't know how to explain it. And I think it's important that if if Kimbe staying in Vegas is a part of the, the trajectory and for the record, I hope it is. That to me is the scenario I want most to happen is I Becky Hammond has to sit down and make it clear. Like, what do we need to do to make sure that this family very much has you a part of it? Like that, like that on paper and also like in the heart, like you are very much a part of this circle and like, you know, it's, it's a like, like you're on the team, but like, you're also in the group chat, like very much a part of the crew. And so, yeah, it's, it's hard to explain, but I think that's a part of it. There's this connection that they can make further that I think could only help. But at the same time, the interesting thing is like, there's so many directions she can take. And right now, uh, you know, to pull a line from, from sting in 1997, the only thing that's for sure about Liz Cambage is is nothing's for sure. <laughs> like, it could be anything. I I wouldn't be shocked if literally like we're like, is she going to go to Vegas? Is she going to go to LA? Is she going to go to New York? Is she going to go play in Australia? And then all of a sudden we find out that she's starring in a Marvel movie. Like, and she's going <laughs> to yeah, do that yeah. instead. The, like nothing's off the table for me.
0: sure is she has a really particular, you know, filter of teams that she would play for. There's just some teams in the league that she's not, she's not going back to Dallas, right? She's not yeah. going to go be in Indiana. Although, a great comment in our chat just mentioned a little while ago that um, they would pay so much money to watch Liz interact with Marianne Stanley, uh, which yeah, for, <laughs> yeah, you know, that. like but I would, I would, it's, I would
1: actually like get on TLC to like get them in a house
0: together for a summer. Yeah, to me, like, it would, it's a coin flip trying to decide whether Liz comes back and, and suits up for a full season in 2022. But if she does, it's a 90% chance that it's for Vegas. I, I don't see her going.
1: I I think I wouldn't be shocked if some of the moves she's even made on social media of like, I'm here in LA right now. <laughs> I'm over here now. <laughs> <laughs> I think a part of it is just let's up my leverage with Vegas. Like, I think I, I, I've seen a lot of in the, all the nothing that's happened and a little bit has happened enough to tell me like I lean towards seeing her on the court again this year. But I just, like I said, there's just, it's insane how, every time I think of any whacked out scenario with Kimmy, it feels possible. And you're correct in that. Like it's been made pretty clear. She wants to play at a premier market. So basically like Vegas counts in a way, but you're know, like your LA's your Chicago's or New York's uh, like it's, those are those areas that you, you might see your link to, but it, 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 it's certainly not going to be boring. However, we find
0: this one <laughs> That's true with Liz Cambage always, and we love her for it. Uh, yes, all right, Liz. Steve, a couple questions from the chat. Uh, these are just going to be quick hits. We don't need to take a bunch of time sure. on these because there's a couple of them. Uh, but it's where do you think X will end up for a couple different players? Um, so I'll prime you first. <laughs> this with, is bad. I'll prime you first with Steph Dolson, uh, who has narrowed the search down, or at least has met with the New York Liberty and will meet with the Vegas Aces and the Atlanta Dream as well as a potentially uh, just a potential return to the Chicago sky. So once again, that's New York, Vegas, Atlanta, or return to the sky where, I mean, (laughs) where do you, what, where, how, why, where, (laughs) if I'm, if I'm Steph and Sandy Brondillo
1: gives me the absolute guarantee that Sabrina Inescu is in, in full health and ready to play a full season. I go to the Liberty. If I'm Steph, that's my move. I think, her ability to show her, her ability to be kind of in a stretch post position after watching what she did in 3x3 and how she contributed in Chicago. You have a dynamic point guard who can mesh extremely well with that. You have a very mobile big in Atasha Howard that she can share some court with. I actually think her movement works really well there in a lot of places. I think my only question is, is she willing to pretty much take a very big chunk of her offensive uh, contribution out of the way because you're not taking shots away from bet. Nigel I I think if, if all of that's able and possible and willing to me, New York would be like the ideal spot for Steph. Um, Again, I'm prepared to be so wrong on all these predictions. And even if they're not speculated, if you throw me names, you might need to give me one or two teams to just choose from. Cause like I may end up accidentally saying every team to the Liberty because my brain is fried and I'm just like, all of them like send them there. Like, yeah, it's it's nuts. But like honestly though as I look at it in my head I could see her fitting in well
0: in New York. Uh I've been critical of Dulson in the past. Uh, I haven't been shy about that. She had a really good year in Chicago. Numbers wise it didn't look like it, but she was a good piece of that team. Uh, if she wants to be back in Chicago, it makes total sense to stay where she's at. She has a good yeah. role carved out there. She she likes who she plays with. If if she's happy, she should stay. If she's going to leave, Man, you've got a team in Vegas that could really use her, and and to your point, there's a team in New York that could use her and is on the rise. And I totally get the appeal of being yeah. in New York City but market and wearing the if, surf green. But if
1: Vegas, if Vegas makes the books work for us, step yeah, And Vegas also, Liz, the if they can, if they can yeah. make that happen on the books, I think it's huge for them because that's someone who, at the very least. Um, if you're sans Liz Cambage here and there throughout the season, if you only get 25 to you know 23 to 27 games or whatever out of Liz Cambage, that's someone who fills those minutes to at least a good level yeah. to maintain things well for them. And it's interesting because coming into this last season with Steph, my biggest frustration with Steph Dolson was spacing and movement. And after I think – that training with three X three, it's completely revolutionized her sense of spacing and her court awareness. And it's like, she very much, she had a good basketball IQ, but she got like that Shane Battier esque basketball IQ of just like, it really <laughs> changed things big time for her. And now it adds her flexibility. So like, yeah, if, if, if Vegas can somehow make the books work, I think it's a totally cool move to me. Yeah. I,
0: in you know I wouldn't, in I wouldn't some hate order, that at all. I think player priorities are generally summed up by, I want to win, I want the bag, and I want to roll on the team. And if Vegas can offer those things, I don't I, I think anybody in the league would be happy to join Asia Wilson and that Ace's team and Becky Ammon and like you know you're gonna be in the playoffs, you're likely to be high up in the playoffs, and there's a good <laughs> chance that if if you're a key contributor, you can make a good run. Uh the other one that people are asking a lot about is Courtney Williams. we we know Courtney Williams isn't returning to God, And there's plenty of teams that could clear some space for her because she's probably, she's, she's one of the key free agents right now that isn't going to be one of those like 200 K type players. You might be able to get her, you know, for, for the right price. And there's a lot of opportunities for Courtney Williams to have kind of a comeback season after not much of a a notable year last year. Where do you think she goes? And, and to me, this is also a, a kind of a double sided. Where do you think she goes where she can be all star Courtney Williams again?
1: Oh, man, you freaking would. I golly. Man, Ah, like I'm like mad at myself right now because I'm trying to think of this is such an interesting case because. Obviously. A lot of Courtney related headlines over the last few months have have put a lot of negative on Courtney Williams, We're, you know, and I, I won't go into that level of judgment. That's not my place here. So I try to think hard of like, where does she fit? Where does it make sense? But also like, you know, that there's going to be that discussion of like, are we willing to make that investment? Does it make a lot of sense? Does it do this? Does it do that? And it's hard because when I look at any of the high contenders, it doesn't make uh, an entirely strong amount of sense. Uh, Just her, her playing style. I don't know that it quite works almost anywhere. So for instance, like I think the sparks are out because I just, I don't think pairing her with Wheeler makes sense. I think a team like Indiana might be willing to make that move, but i I you know I don't know if that works well for Courtney in, in a lot of terms now. She may see a player like Terry McCowan and be willing to make that happen. I'll throw one out that I think definitely won't happen, but is one of those crazy splashes that you just never know, and I actually really don't think it'll happen because they're they've they're pretty solid with talented guards. So I don't know why they would do this, but if there's one coach who might have the recipe to, to really help pull in the personality of Courtney Williams and just let her play basketball, you know, and lot and get her in a mindset to play basketball well and potentially, you know, help some of that off the court stuff to, to calm down a bit. And I don't know about all star Courtney, but maybe Cheryl Reeve might be the one name. (laughs) Hmm. And I, I'm not saying because the links are solid in their backcourt right now. Like I, they're they're set up their backcourt's really solid. So I'm not trying to to play that game. But it's also one of those like we didn't get to see any, any of it. Rena Davis because she got injured. That's a player who potentially I think f- could fit really well under Courtney Williams' wing. You think uh, which I think was something they wanted to see happen with Kennedy Carter in Atlanta, and it just it didn't work. It didn't happen. And I think it's because you need a coach who guides that well and Cheryl might be one to do that. So that's for me to say, like if all teams were interested, that's a fit that could potentially work in helping revitalize her mindset and getting her to, to re- maintain an all-star level on a realistic sense. No, I don't see that type of move happening at all. It's just hard right now because there's a hand to answer your question. There's a handful of teams she could contribute on and do well with. And I don't know if there's a team where the fit of helping her be at an all-star level is is, is just quite there. Like it's a hard, like the answer on a narrative standpoint before this last six, seven, whatever months probably was Atlanta. And that, yeah, that's the point I wanted to make. That's the hard part. is like, yeah, that was the spot. And then it kind of didn't, it just didn't work out. Yeah. She, she's 27 years
0: old. She, she turns 28 this year. She, she was an all-star just this year. This was her best season, um, but uh, granted, a lot of those numbers did come in losses where she, she her rebounding was up, her assists were up, her points per game were up, but also just her involvement in the offense and touching the ball more than she had in her career had a lot to do with that. I don't know if she necessarily took a step forward as a player so much as they leaned on her because there wasn't a lot of other talent in Atlanta and they were trying to come back in a lot of games. She she tried way more threes than normal. Three point percentage, I don't think it was particularly grand. No, yes. wasn't. Um, she was under 40% for the year, but like it, she was just more involved. And I, I think if a team, I, I think there are opportunities for a team that already has a lot of talent that like, I, I think she can fit somewhere. I, I don't know how to make the money work because I think she's young enough and was just coming off an all-star year that she's going to want more than teams might be willing to pay. Um, mm-hmm. But it is, it is an interesting question. And to your point, I have the exact same thought where on paper, the best fit is Atlanta. Um, but personality wise, they have to, you know, they have to move away from her, which, by the way, I think kind of stinks because I, I like Courtney Williams and I like that she has an edge to her. And maybe there are teams out there that need that. So, uh, one, one yeah. last one. There's, there's a couple other questions in the chat, but since we're on this trend, there's one last one. Where do you think, yeah. Angel McCaughtry, where do you think Angel McCaughtry going?
1: Who? Angel McCaughtry. Man, first of all, it really sucks that we didn't really get, honestly, like a full run in Vegas. No, water. we never really yeah. got to see what Vegas
0: McCautry could pull off. Yeah, if you're if you're a new listener, or uh, honestly, if you're a listener as of like 2019, Angel McCautry was in the league for a long time, doing a lot of good things with the Atlanta Dream, like 20 points per game every year without fail for the Atlanta Dream, uh, but just couldn't get through the play like she famously is one of those players that just like couldn't put together a deep run. Um, but was a bucket getter and a big time Um Last year in Atlanta was hurt, played one game. Didn't, it was just a lost year. 2020 was really the only time we got to see her in Vegas. She played 20 something games. It was okay. And then she was out again in 2021. So she's played one season in the last three and it was the one where they were in a bubble.
1: Yeah, it was, so it's hard to, like, put a finger on, we never really got that full run. And so there's a part of you that says, like, maybe sticking it out, like, it could work. But if the assumption is that the experiment with McCaughtry moves her away from Vegas, I'm just going to go with my gut, and I think... Her. I'm gonna go with my gut on this because I ha- I actually haven't looked into much of the conjecture on like where what what are good landing spots what's what's gonna look like. Assuming what she'd be asking for, Makatri at this stage in her, that feels like the type of move. When I think of the history of teams that are successful to win titles and they add those key players to kind of be like, let's soup the machine up a little more and see if we can go back to back. But Cotter actually a move. Chicago could make to do that in a way of like, can we very similar to when Seattle picked up, um, Renee Dupree or <laughs> Candace Dupree, Renee Dupree is a wrestler. Um, <laughs> Candace Dupree, um, it was a very, was very, kind of in my, like that move of like, obviously it was, uh the timing was strange on it, but it's that idea of like, let's add in this kind of of flame level player and see if it adds some additional clout to, to what we built and mm-hmm. McCaughtry kind of feels like it could totally work there. Um, Because I think offensively you'd be able to get at least some output from her. The difficulty of it is it's hard for me to go like, where is the fit simply? Cause we just haven't seen her at full board so long that it just feels like a team's going to make that, take that risk at some point. Um, the other team that yells at me for some reason is Dallas. Uh, Mm -hmm. Dallas right now is a roster probably begging for some veteran experience. They need need something, uh, to, to help reel in just a whole bevy of talented young players. And does that help set things to a certain extent? So I could see Dallas making a strong play for someone like
0: McCautry for that. Yeah it does feel like Dallas and Atlanta are both in this position of like, they've just been making the soup for so long that at this point they're just emptying the spice cupboard, looking for something that'll work Um to yeah. just give them an identity and give them the boost they need to me, making a move for an angel McCotry. That's going to turn 35 this year probably makes the most sense for a team on the precipice of contention or already contending. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned Chicago or coming back to the, you know, coming back to the aces, a team that has little to risk but could benefit from a big reward if she, if it does turn out that she can go out and give you 15 points a night right if if you're the dream or dallas or a team like that like i don't know if i would be tempted to go out and make that my big move because you risk just having a lost season i mean you haven't really seen her play you saw her play in 2020 um you haven't seen her look like herself since 2016 it's been yeah, she she played
1: she played twenty twenty, but she pulled she played twenty minutes a game. She legitimately played half the season in
0: that she was in every game for half the time. Yeah, so um, that, that can't be your future. Yeah. That that can be a, a player that can help you if you're a team that needs something to push you over the over the hump. Maybe I don't know, like would Connecticut do? Like I don't know if that makes sense for Connecticut. But if if it's a team that's building, unless you could do like the Daniel Robinson type deal where it's like we want you to come in and. Play those 15, 20 minutes a game, but be, be someone that galvanizes this team around a, like a leader, like a veteran leader who's seasoned and mm-hmm. like it has the respect of everyone in the locker room. That's worth paying for if you have talent that can go out and score points. Um, so maybe a team wants, wants her for that reason, but it, it's tough. I, if you were a, a team that was looking to acquire, you know, your, 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 every team in the league right now wants their Jewel Lloyd or, Kalia Copper or, you know, you want the, the sure thing player and going, going for a veteran that isn't a sure thing, but has potential to, to maybe have a couple good, you know, years of just being able to get to the basket and put up points. Um, it's enticing. It's enticing. And I, and I get it. So that's a good question from the chat. I, that's not one that I'd really thought about a lot. Cause I, I guess I just assumed that Vegas was going to pull her back in, but. You could see her go back to the dream. You could see her go to Chicago. Uh, she yeah. might be one of the quieter, like for someone as a, accomplished as she is in the league, she might be one of the quieter free agent signings if she does leave, because two of her last three seasons have been uneventful. But it could be one of those things that eight, nine, ten games into the season, it starts to feel like this feels like it matters. Like the for me last year that was the Laisha Clarendon uh, acquisition. Like it yeah. didn't it like we didn't talk about it a ton cuz it happened a little ways into the season and then all of a sudden Minnesota was on a tear and it was like did that fix that team's problems um and McCautry is the type of player that she could be that for someone i i f- i don't like to go negative i don't like to hate on players on this show as much as it might sound like i do but my my take on this is pretty strong i th- i think we've really seen the last of star basketball player angel McCautry. i hope i'm wrong but if I were a GM in the league and I was trying to build a team, I would probably look a different direction.
1: Yeah, and that's where it comes. It just comes down to what is the value point that you're looking at, which is why Dallas popped into mind of McCautry a great player to sit in between uh, Marina Mabry and Enrique Gumbawale on a team bus and, and a Charlie yeah. Collier and just, yeah. like, lear- like learning tree oh, time. That, yeah. She's a, she, yeah. That's yeah. where, like can she still put in quality minutes as a basketball player? Sure. I don't know if all-star level game takeover, Angel McCautry is there, but it it comes down to the fact like she can still contribute well on the floor. And then I think her, her brain is going to, to act as a really strong leader on a young team. I just think that would be a good fit, but I'm not sure what McCautry, you know, if if she's pretty hungry for a ring, there's options but I think right now, like the main option might be like just seeing if Seattle or seeing if Vegas could do anything to to keep her, keep her running there. You know, it just bugs me because we just never really got a chance to see what that equation looked like. Like what extra could that have been for the aces if she was healthy in 2021, but you know, it's, it's what it is, but, that's a really interesting one because I think that's a name that I don't know. Like it shot to a lot of people's lists, but it, that'll be an interesting pickup. Cause I think once you see where she lands, like her role is going to
0: almost define itself. Once you see like where that pickup comes from. Perfect. Well, I've got a college question and then a nonsense question that I'll tack on to the very end, but uh, we've been in the WNBA this whole time. We are going to touch on college really quickly here before the end. Um, just a general question about the rankings. If you've got them, uh, if you don't have them pulled up, I'll give you a second here to, to get them pulled up, but not really any movement in the top five or six teams in the past week. Uh, those are pretty well set unless they lose anything that is like an eye popping loss, but some movement elsewhere, Arizona's dropped out of the, or dropped down to number 10. Maryland has dropped out of the top 10 and Oklahoma of all teams has risen nine places to number 14 in the standings. Um, any, I, 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 I'll, I'll lead off because I know you're not super prepared for this, uh, right away because I'm springing college questions on you out of, out of the blue. Um, the Baylor loss, uh, I didn't mention Baylor just now. They're down one spot. The Baylor loss recently, uh, stands out to me. They, they lost to number 23 Oklahoma. Um, who as I mentioned are now number 14 Oklahoma, mostly because of this game. Um, they lost that game by six. It was surprising. They came back and they beat Kansas by three. A few nights later but not it wasn't super convincing um that's a program that we were kind of used to seeing whamming and jamming in in march that might have some concerns they're 11 and 4 uh 15 games into the season and just not a team that i feel like i can trust right now which is not something i thought we would be saying at the beginning of the season Um, do you have a team that you think people are high on or if if they filled out a bracket last March, but they haven't been paying as close attention to the college basketball landscape this season, is there a team that's like a landmine team that you're looking out for that you want to warn people about?
1: <laughs> I, I'm not sure if <laughs> like landmine. Yeah. Like that's the nomenclature that's in my head. Uh, but I like a lot of where it, the, this mindset's coming from. Just looking at the rankings in general, I think the easiest way to tell the story is to just say like, here's, kind of where I'm at with a lot of this. And so my thought process here is, um, I, I think Maryland, I understand the loss was pretty large because it lost by 20 points, dropping four spots, losing to a 15 and two Michigan team is really steep to me. That feels like a lot. I think Maryland is a lot better than their record, but you know, they they've had some tough breaks. um, LSU is a top 10 basketball team. They're 17-2. Yeah. They look really solid right now. They look really fluid that they're sitting in 11 right now behind an Arizona team that had some flub. And, you know, they will be in the top 10 now after what, after what we just watched with UConn and Oregon. But I just like, yeah, I look at that and I go, LSU is a top 10 team and a very dangerous top 10 team in a lot of ways. And so that, that, that stands out to me in an extremely big way. I don't think we're talking about Louisville like at all right now. It's and true. That's the, that that's the team that really surprises me because they're an electric fun team that for some reason isn't catching headlines. And, and so they're one that really stands out to me. Stanford feels almost rickety at too, because they've had a lot of close calls. And at some point that Dan might break, If there is a team though, and I'm not just saying it because of who they just beat. And I understand that who they just beat is also, uh, you know, very shorthanded as things stand right now. But when the ducks can have all their stars on the court, by golly, (laughs) is that a good basketball team? I mean, I know Sabley got hurt partway through um, this Yukon game and hopefully she is able to get back on the court quickly. But, um, you know, like, Pow Pau and Sobley and company like that, that in that roster, when they're able to put those core pieces together, they've got a fluid thing going on. They may, they may barely squeak their way into a top 25 by the time we get deep into conference play, but they have a lot and I'm just going to add one more fuel to the fire, but give me Florida Gulf coast. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I understand their, Schedule and what that's looked like, and I understand that LSU was a different LSU at the start of the season, but give me FGCU, they are rolling. Like I just, that is, if you can get your hands on on an Eagles game, that's a that's just been a very fun roster. And I understand that they are in a not strong conference by any stretch, but it adds that they are outside of a only a four point win over Liberty. They are torching. Teams like it is uh, it's uh been a lot of fun, but, and they, they, be, you know, Michigan state's not necessarily a strong program as it stands right now, but they do have a win over a big 10 team over the last little stretch. Um That LSU win looks a bit different. You know, it is actually speaks strongly for them considering where LSU is now, but they were a different team at the start of the season. But that's the one team that I look at and I'm like, like, Guys, like Cinderella, just showed up to the ball. Like we got to start making this happen. So,
0: uh, give me—we we, give me we are a Kirsten Bell pod, are we not?
1: Thousand
0: percent. I mean, twenty twenty, almost twenty five points a game, eight rebounds a game, two steals and a block and a half per game. She just she's all over the stat sheet every night. Yeah, she um, she rules. Yeah, absolutely. That's a very fun pick for they. That team can go as far as Bell carries them, and that might be to a Sweet Sixteen run. I'm excited for that. Um to your point, they do have wins over LSU, who's very good, and Michigan State, who's not great, but shouldn't have lost that game. Um so that one's that one's exciting to me. Um uh, I agree with you on the Maryland take. I I think they dropped a little bit too far, but I get it. They're twelve and five. There's a lot of one and two losses teams that you just kinda have to rank above them. Um made a really good point about Louisville. We know about South Carolina and Aaliyah Boston. Aaliyah Boston's probably the most talked about college player this year because and that now, is now and that is like by the way, a thousand percent deserved. That is not yeah. at all. Yeah, no, it's not like, it's not over. She's putting it, but in. she's, yeah. she's earning headlines outside of the world of just like the, the WNBA nation bubble that we kind of live in. Sometimes uh, people are noticing her and for good reason, she might be, no. I mean, she's making them the team to beat yeah. in the SEC and in the country. Um, Stanford has three losses, but they still just look powerful as ever. And so we're going to talk about them plenty. Uh, but 100%. Louisville and NC state, Somehow have been like three and four all year and they've just somehow felt under the radar still. Um, yeah. And I, I sort of dig that. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, Louisville's 15 and one, so you can't exactly say I don't trust them because all they do is win. NC State has put yep. together, I mean, they've had one loss since like, your last birthday, like they they've won. So like you just go on their ESPN page, it's just green W's all the way down. And then a two point loss to number 17, Georgia. They're one of those teams oh. that when you get, when you get your bracket and they're, they're a one or a two seed, you're going to feel bad because you're like, Oh, I'm just, I'm just taking chalk all the way through. I don't want to have four number one seeds in my final four. And so you're going to look for a candidate to like bump from your final four. And I'm going to plead with you to not bump NC state. <laughs> Because I really think they are that yeah.
1: good. My question really quick for you, because I totally agree with you. I think NC State's a strong bid. Um, I mean, first of all, with Louisville's sake, there were only two votes that didn't go to South Carolina in the AP Top 25. They didn't go to Stanford. <laughs> they went to Louisville. So it's it's an interesting case there. Um, my one random question for you after we've watched them two out of the last four games have some flubs – even at 13 and two is Colorado out of the top 25. Cause they're sitting, I think as the rankings hit 22nd and as hard as people have dropped back after a key loss, even to a good team, they lose yeah. Stanford. They lose to Oregon state. It's like, and you're probably like if they, if they hold Stum here, this week, and they don't survive Arizona. Does it get worse well, for them? Yeah,
0: I mean, they play their next three games are on the road, including one at Arizona. It they might be in for a rough patch here, uh-huh. um, and the back end of their schedule isn't too kind anyway. I, I don't think they're going to finish the season ranked. I mean, they they, as, not, as early as next week, they won't. They they might not be ranked, but I don't think they will finish the season ranked. They.
1: Are hard pressed for a, a very, very, very huge key quality win. I mean, the USC UCLA wins are pretty solid. Um, you know, there's decent wins there. They beat Oklahoma State at like first night of the year. Uh, but. Yeah, it's starting to feel tough on Colorado, who really felt like they were going to be... Yeah, they, it's funny to say the, it's about a Pac-12 team, but they were very much a Cinderella-esque, like, this is the team we never hear in discussions. Yeah, well, and, and they were the last rolling.
0: remaining unbeaten, and so I think there was some momentum being generated with kind of that narrative. But now they've, they've yeah. dropped to Stanford, which no one's going to hold against them, because Stanford's amazing. And then a postponed game against Cal, and then they lost at Oregon State, which is like, oh, uh, eyebrow-raising. Um... It Yeah, I just, it feels like maybe they had some magic happen at the the start of the year that isn't going to happen for them down the stretch. Um, I know the one that actually stands out most to me is that they only beat Air Force by five. Um, so, <laughs> uh, no disrespect to Air Force athletics, but I watch a lot of Mountain West basketball. We watched and, uh, enough,
1: I would say we watched enough Mountain West ball to know that that's if, a.
0: If you're going to contend in March, you, that need be been a beating, comfortable win. you need to be beating yeah. the Mountain West by more than five. So. Yeah. That was, was a that was a good yeah. wrap up of the college. I, I, I yeah. know a lot of uh fans who listen to the show don't have time to watch every single college game and I like catching everybody up on the landscape there. Uh we got a final question in the chat and then we'll wrap a we'll put a ball on this one. Uh it's a would... very it's a very simple one and I don't know if you've got fiery takes on this or not. We haven't talked about this yet. Uh, okay. Steve, do you wordle? I do wordle.
1: <laughs> uh, that's that's how I start that's how I start my, my day like every morning is I what happens is I wake up I might go to the bathroom I might take my pills or something and then for some reason I go on Twitter autopilot and it's always like Wordle 212 or something like that is trending and I'm like right and I like fly over and take care of it I don't tweet Wordle I don't throw up my yellows and my greens or anything like I, yeah, that I don't
0: I don't do that either
1: um I I'm on a 12 day streak of like I started 12 days ago. I've only had one day that I've missed, but I've, I've so far not fallen short. I haven't fallen short of, five. Nice. Uh, I think I went to five rows one time. Otherwise I haven't fallen short of four, but I have a feeling that my luck is going to come out soon. I did see there was someone online. I forget who it was that like th- uh, put together the like ultimate strategy And apparently people have tried it and like totally it works because they're like the strategy for Wordle for anyone not listening, by the way, Wordle is basically like reverse boggle or something. It's like there's a five letter word that you have to guess in six tries. And the way it works is that you don't get any like clues at the start. It's just a blank screen. So you do any five letter word and it will tell you what letters are straight wrong And then what are yellow, which means you got the letter, but but you didn't get it in the right spot. Yeah. And then green is you've got it and you've got it in the right spot. And then you just, based on what you know, you just guess and guess and guess until you either get it right or after six tries, you're done. Really basic. A lot of people know the the world game by now, but it's really, really basic stuff. But the thing is, like, someone threw out that strategy of, like... You just need to get as many consonants and all the vowels taken care of in the first three rows. And then you're good. So, and and you need to make sure your consonants are like the most commonly used consonants. So they literally said, like, these three words in the first three rows every time will guarantee you get it right. And I've avoided so that every time
0: because yeah, that's not that's fun horrible. to me. That's, yeah, I, yeah, that's the the people trying to ruin baseball are out there like, here's how you win Wordle every time. Like, that's not why I'm trying to. Do it, right? Like, I'm doing it because it exercises yeah. my brain and because I'm a writer. Like, that's, <laughs> so. Yeah, it's fun. Exactly. It's fun,
1: it's fun I had to thinking f- of like, yeah, it's just fun thinking of words. I don't know what yeah, it is. I that- had
0: to, I, I saw a tweet from our, our mutual friend Tristan Boyce, who tweeted his, like, his squares out, which is a, like a thing that people do. And I was like, explain this tweet to me. Like, I have no idea what's going on because I did not. And he was like, oh, it's a word game. And I, I've played it. I, I've missed a day, so I'm I'm a little annoyed because I, I am I'm seven and zero, but I don't have a seven day streak because I missed a day in there because I forgot to do it. Yeah, uh, cause I'm, I'm twelve. But, I'm eleven and zero, but I missed but like one day. My, so I'm, yeah, I'm eleven my, for my twelve. My brain, it, like for like five to ten minutes a day, I just love. I love what it forces you to try to figure out. Like I just love games like that. And I, as soon as I did like a like a Google search for it, I was like, like, is there an app for this or is it just the website? The first thing that came up was like news stories, like New York Times is like, here's how the strategy behind the fastest growing Internet game. And I was like, no, no, no. The point is not to win. The point is to think for five minutes a day. (laughs) That's the thing. What I like about it, and I like how we're going
1: deeper into this than possibly some of the actual basketball questions we got, is it's not an app. It's not just like it's not a trivia crack or something where you play a bunch of games. You like you play a ton It's a, it's on a webpage and I hope that doesn't change. I know there are a couple like cloned versions of the game that are on apps, um, which is kind of cheap. So I hope people don't, don't get too into that, but like it's on like a webpage and it's one puzzle a day. It's and everyone takes the cool part about it and why it's trending is everyone wakes up in the morning and takes the same puzzle. It's like, it's the closest we're ever going to have to like the Sunday crossword. The, like I was going to say, it's
0: like the crossword culture that, yeah, it's, yeah. it we
1: don't, that's, that's kind of dying off. And now we kind of get a little bit of that where it's, it's the same puzzle every single morning. We all have to find the same word. And that's why, like, I've never clicked on the trend once because like, what fun is it uh, to find the answer? And luckily I, I'll click on them sometimes after I've done the puzzle. And it's actually really hard to find what the word is. Cause I think a lot of us are trying to be like, there's no fun in ruining it for everyone. Uh, cause like at this point I've been doing it every day and it would almost piss me off to be like, dude, like this is like, I actually have a reason <laughs> no. to get up
0: in the morning. This is nice. I, but like, I, I tell think you this, Steve, th- yeah. you, you mentioned that you haven't had a, you haven't been down to the sixth, the sixth row, which is the final, you get, you get six guesses basically to get the word. Um, I've, I've been down to the sixth row once and it's like watching your baseball team play in the wild card game. Like,
1: I would be, I it is honestly incredibly think, stressful. <laughs> I think it would honestly feel like you, like your check engine light or like your gas light just popped on and you know, there isn't a gas station for 30 miles. Like <laughs> I would just start screaming at my phone, like you know, inaudible, like, like and cause, cause the thing is in my head, I have to imagine there's always two obvious options. It has to be like, there's this, and then there's, like, like the two options are beach and bench, and it's, like, they're both obvious. <laughs> and, like, I can't just pick one, and I know I got it. I could yeah. easily get it wrong. It, that would be, like, the worst thing. Out, that's,
0: yeah. If you pull out a sixth guess win, I, I know you're trying to do it in as few guesses as possible, but the pride you feel with the clutch, yeah. like, final guess is... Unmatched is something. Yeah, that special.
1: would make my whole day. And then, like, I imagine not getting it's—it's it's that exact same feeling of like l- losing at the one-yard line. You're—you're you're just like, oh, why man. did I? I can't Brugal. believe. Like, it, but like that's kind of—I don't throw up my like I said I don't throw my my greens and yellows the like square thing up on Twitter. But I do like seeing some of them because they sort of tell a story. So it's not always. It's not always worth it just to throw it up just because you got it in three rows and oh my gosh, you're so good. You're so smart. It's kind of fun to see the ones that ended up being six rows long because of exactly the point of like they tell a story because as I look at how the day, like the game went for them, I know exactly what's in my brain. Yeah. Yeah. I, if you I see, see if you if you won in like five or six rows and I see that your top row's all gray, you didn't get one right. Yeah. <laughs> you know exactly
0: what happened or to your brain in that exact moment. If if I would have shared mine, you would have seen pretty early on, I got the last two letters in the right place. And then normally what happens, this is way more details than you need to, to know about this listeners, but normally what happens is once you figure out what the word is, it just kind of clicks in your brain, like that's what it is. Like the letters I have left and the things, like that's what it is. But once, and this has only happened once in like the week I've been playing, I had like three guesses in a row where I was like, well, it has to be that. Cause I had the final two letters set and it was like, after swinging and whiffing three times, I was on my sixth guess and was like, I haven't learned anything the last three guesses. I'm terrified. <laughs> like, yeah. No, that's so, to,
1: to quote um, wildcard game. That's, that's down a run. You have runners on this, like second and third and no outs. And you've got like Mookie, Corey Seager, Max Muncie up. Like, how can I lose? And then it's whiff, whiff, and you're like, Oh no. Oh no. Yeah, we're gonna it, lose. Really, it feels like, like,
0: it feels like the stakes are so high. Cause you're like, oh, I'm going to feel so dumb if I don't get this. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's thanks, one of those, like we just got to sink our... these two
1: free throws and then we're good. I could yeah, go on thanks. for way
0: too long about Wordle. It's funny. Cause I haven't talked to you, anyone uh, about it. Shout out. Cam, I am five, six, six had the wordle question. Thanks for indulging our, our <laughs> wordle obsession. We're wordy I love, nerds on this show. So.
1: I love that. I feel like most people haven't talked about the game at all, like with someone, but so many people are playing it. It's similar to that. Like the most parasocial, like, like out, like in the world environmentally social, we are without saying a word to anyone about anything is if you're ever driving and there's like a fireman or an ambulance coming one way. And so you all go to the side and there's the one car who's still a jerk and keeps driving. <laughs> we all know exactly how we feel. We all know exactly how the conversation would go. If all of us in our cars got out and talked about that guy, it's that one conversation. Like we all know how that goes. Cause we all know how we feel about that dude. And that's brutal to me. It was like, I feel like I'm, I'm a part of a community and I haven't even spoken about the game just because I, I see <laughs> people's responses to things. and I'm like, I get it. Cause that word was hard. Like who would have thought of that?
0: and. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I enjoyed tacking that onto the end of this uh, very basketball-centric discussion. That's that's a little yeah. special extra for you guys for getting to the end of the episode. So.
1: Yes, uh, if you haven't played was, it yet, go go see so what we're
0: talking sure. about uh, after you're done following us on on Twitter and Twitch.tv slash WNB Feel free to to pop over to Wordle and enjoy. I,
1: I just know that producer Jason probably is just learning about it, and then suddenly is going to send us daily screenshots of him getting it in two two rows every day. So that's going to be,
0: I, I wasn't that, going to having a resident I, genius I on have the have squad. One, but I got in two rows and I, I didn't share it. Cause I was like, I don't want to be that guy, but I was like, that's cool. <laughs> so,
1: I haven't noticed if anyone's got a hole in one yet. I, it's had to have happened. It just out it, of the I, blue, maybe, you threw yeah. up.
0: And, and if just one if that person happen, went like Apple and then it happened, but feel, feel free to tweet it from the show account. If that happens. Wait, if yeah, if <laughs>
1: you if you get a hole in one, you should win some amount of cash from the website. Even if it's tag, just like here's a fiber to subway,
0: yeah, tag that WNB should be Asian like
1: pop. a. You know what it should be? If you manage to land a hole in one, you it literally do it uh, mini golf style. Where if you get a hole in one, and that's what I'm calling it. If you happen to just flat out in the universe guess row one, which means you got it with no clues. You just happen to put the word down and it got right. You should be allowed a second game of Wordle that day. Like, <laughs> like it's you're the one person who's ever gotten a second game. I'm like ooh yeah, go ahead. You get a free game. You can go again. Um, golly, oh that was a good way to close things out. That's a that's a fun fifteen minutes of Wordle to go with our five to ten minute discussions about basketball each other way. But um, I suppose with that, that's really
0: everything. Show anything else you wanted to jump onto the agenda, Logan? I think we're that's it. Pretty well ended up uh, here. If if anybody knows who's going to be coaching in Phoenix this year, please let us know. Uh nobody knows. Yeah, that would rule. So
1: <laughs> That would that would pretty much be great. Be very nice. Uh well, I guess with that, thank you so much for checking us out. I I know we'll have uh, another stream. It's looking like Wednesday coming up around the corner. Free agency should be picking up before long. We're hitting the end of January. Conference play in college ball is about to get really huge. So there's a lot to be excited about, and we'll be right here to chat about it with you. Oh, by the way, the Olympics is in like two weeks. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I guess I imagine we're going to have some Olympic chat as well, because we've got some women's hockey and all the other stuff. If you have Olympic topics you want to hear about, hit us up over on Twitter at WMBA Nation Pod and let us know if there's any specific if, sports or if you players, know,
0: events you want to look out for, but if you have contact info for any of the the twenty what is it, eighteen uh, women's Olympic hockey gold medalists, you could put us in touch. That would be great. <laughs> because that's at, probably my favorite sports team of all time.
1: <laughs> that might be my favorite. it's it's, it's like a top three sports moment of my lifetime I could say that out loud pretty easily that said we'll be around to talk about all of that and until then thank you so much for listening to the show I'm Steve Schwartzman I'm Logan Jones and we got you next time